Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Dave Campbell with you on Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates from the Japanese Village. Don and the staff at Japanese Village have three locations downtown, south side, and north side. All right, as promised, we're going to get a bit of an update on the WHL final, the Ed Chanel Cup. We're pleased to be joined by the general manager, head coach of the Swift Current Broncos, Manny Viveros. I've only been calling him Vivrios for, I don't know, probably 39 years. But it is, it is just a correct, it's, it's Vivaros, right, Manny? <laughs> well, in North America, Bob is Vivaros, and over in uh, Europe, they say Vivaros. But, uh, oh, wow. You know my, mother, uh, my mother does listen to your show on a daily basis, and she finally says you got it correct last time I was on. So you're, we're going in the right direction here. I'm getting closer. Is that what you're saying? So give me that pronunci- <laughs> pronunciation again. We say Viveros here in North America, and over in Europe, uh, the uh, pronunciation in the Portuguese way is Vivaros. All right. <laughs> Uh, Viveros, then. Viveros. Viveros. We're good. Did you, did We're you play? Good. Did you ever play against Mark Fioretti? Do you remember Mark Fioretti? Uh, I I certainly do, but that was a long time ago, Bob, and I can't really. I certainly do know the name here, but I, I couldn't pronounce that. his name for the first year that I was doing play by play of the Golden Bears back in the late 1980s when he played for the Calgary Dinos. Uh, by the way, their coaching staff: Willie Desjardins, Mike Johnson, and Drew Renda. Oh. Wow, how's that, eh? Manny, group. Yeah, uh, be honest with us, and I guess we should explain to our listeners, uh, the series is tied 1-1. You lost game one despite out shooting uh, a very good Everett team, 2-1 on Friday. The series is tied 1-1. You were down 3 nothing in the uh, first period on Saturday. What did you say to your group and how much did you concern how much concern did you have that time thinking, uh oh, we could be in trouble here? 
Well, there's no question, Bob. We were concerned after the first period. Uh, you know, uh, we, you know, ever came out pretty strong. And uh, even though they did come out strong, um, you know, the mistakes that uh, we had made uh, that capitalized were, were for the most part, our own fault. And, uh, you know, a team like that, you're going to make a mistake, they're going to they're gonna put the puck in the back of your net here. So uh, we had a little talk. Um, you know, we've been through this. That was, uh, you know, our 22nd uh, playoff game uh, this spring here. So we've been through those situations where we never got off to the best start. So we just, what we do is, as a group is we reset. And uh, we reset and we go through things that we have to do right to get ourselves uh, back going on track again too. So, um, you know, we stayed very positive because we knew that we've been in this situation before and we've come back with these situations, but we certainly had to, you know, reset and change the way we were playing. And, uh, you know, all credit to the kids. Uh, they're the ones that did it. It doesn't matter what we say. They're the ones that have to go out and do it. And uh, we they came back and we clawed our way back in after the second period. We started playing really well again. And then, uh, you know, uh, Stuart Skinner made some really good saves in the second period and also in the third period to keep that score at 3-1. And, uh, you know, we're fortunate enough as a team that if we get enough chances and do the right things that we're able to score. So, um, you know, we're very happy and, and very fortunate and, and to be able to win game two where we felt as if, you know, we, we could have very easily lost that game. But having said that, in game one, we also felt we played well enough to win that game two. So that's just one of those, you know, things how playoff goes at times. You've been over in Europe for a long time. Now, your son Lane was in the Western League with the Portland Winterhawks. In fact, they played, he, you know, he's with them when they played the Oil Kings back in, uh, well, 2012 for sure uh, during the WHL final. But uh, a lot of people think that Carter Hart, the goaltender for Everett, is the best goaltender since Carey Price. So what does it say about Stuart Skinner that, uh, you know, he, from, from my vantage point watching the game, it looked like he pulled a couple pucks literally right out of the net. I mean, that was a, a Grant Fuhrer-esque type of performance where gives up, a, you know, three goals in the first and then the rest of the way kind of bailed you guys out to give you a puncher's chance. Well, he was outstanding in later on. Um, you know, there obviously there was a couple that uh, Stewart felt as if that uh, he probably could have had in the first period. But um, that's what uh, I'm impressed more than anything about Stewart is how resilient he is. And it's, if he does give up a goal where he feels that he, he should have had, um, I'm not worried about that after that because he, he forgets about it and he's, he goes on to the next save. And it's a great, uh, obviously, it's a great uh, uh, attribute to have as a goaltender to forget what happened before. He's been uh, he was been really good, and you know. As far as him and Carter Hart, as far as a duel-wise, uh, uh, I believe those are the two best goaltenders in, in our league. Um, and with no disrespect to any of the other goalies, the goaltending group in our league this year was very, very deep. And uh, there's a reason why we're both here. Uh, both teams are here because those guys have led the way for both teams. Does Edmonton have something, do you think, in terms of Skinner? Is there something there? I mean, they, they invested a third-round draft choice on him. He's a big guy. Uh, do you think there's some ability to work with him there to, to be a potential? I mean, he's going to need some work, some time in the A. All goaltenders do. But give me your perspective on that. No, I certainly do. I think, you know, as far as, you know, from the scouting point of view, he checks all the boxes. He's big, he's athletic, and very mobile. And he handles the puck very well also, too. So, and more than anything, is, is the biggest thing, I think, is the attitude. Um, you know, Stuart, uh, he's a young man at 19 years old, though, but he does take care of himself as a professional, a young professional. And he's certainly driven. He knows where he wants to be in a few years here. So, um, as far as the time, that short time that we've had with him, um, he's been, uh, you know, amazing as far as uh, what he does on the ice and 
off the ice more than anything. And for me, the biggest thing is his preparation. Um, you know, we only see a short period of time when he's on for the 60 minutes of the game, but it's all that preparation that leads up to that, to the off ice, the stretching, uh, taking care of his body uh, in the weight room and stuff. And um, I think, uh, you know, the Oilers certainly do have a, a really good prospect for the future. All right, Manny. So your team's tied 1 1. Everett was actually 8 0. They've been better on the road than they've been at home so far. I know I, I talked to uh, Bob Torrey over the course of the weekend, and, and he's, you know, Tri-Cities had a pretty good team, and Everett beat them in six, but Tri-Cities did get some wins in Everett. Um, just give me a thought on, on what you guys need to do. The next three games are there. You need at least two wins. Well, Bob, you know, for us, um, again, we're very comfortable playing on the road, too. Um, that's something that all season long we've not, a, we're certainly not a team that uh, uh, will sit back on the road. Uh, we'll continue to play our style, and we're comfortable playing in big buildings and loud crowds and, and uh, you know, not having the last changes. So we're, we're used to that, which for us is not a problem at all. So we're, no, we're excited about it. Uh, we're certainly not, uh, we certainly do uh, have so much respect for them also. But having said that, though, we know we have to go and play our game and we want to be the ones to be able to dictate the pace of the game and the tempo of the game and uh, if we do that we feel we have a good opportunity. Calgary Flames have got a 20 year old named Glenn Godden uh, who they signed this year. He had over 120 points this year in the WHL. He's been a little bit nicked up for you. Uh, Alexi Hapanami is a Florida pick that's going to need some time in in the uh, minors Uh, and uh, Steenbergen obviously scored a big goal for Canada and he's with the Coyotes but you've got a, a couple 20 year olds that are Edmonton area guys uh, Matteo Gennaro and Giorgio uh, Estefan. Uh, could you comment on their impact since you picked them up at the deadline and maybe, you know, the, the plausibility that they might get a chance at the next level? We're fortunate, Bob, that we've got a, you know, we've got three, I call the three number one centers uh, right down the middle here. And uh, with uh, with uh, Giorgio Estevan and Matt Gennaro here, um, I've got an opportunity to match those guys up against other teams' top lines and then be able to use the Glenn Gordon line against possibly the opposition's third line or possibly the fourth line at times, too. So um, being able to throw those guys at any time in different situations as far as face-offs makes it so much uh, easier for us as far as matchups, especially on the road. And, uh, you know, they've been really good. I'm not just talking the offensive side. They brought in Giorgio, scored some really big goals, and so is Matt Gennaro, big goals for us in the, throughout the playoffs here. But it's more the play without the puck or the defensive side of it that's uh, you know, has been impressed me so far. Uh, during these playoffs here. And they certainly are uh, earning themselves an opportunity, uh, you know, to get a pro uh, a look next year or a pro contract. Um, you know, the deeper that we go, if we're fortunate to go deeper, uh, more and more teams uh, are certainly are going to be able to look at them, and they are talking about them too. It doesn't happen just for the players. Your name is out there. I've, I've had guys uh, call me from Vancouver, uh, Calgary, asking, hey, what about this guy? What does he do in the power play? So, I don't know. I mean, that's one of the areas of strength. You've had a, a plus 30% power play the last couple of seasons. How have you gotten that done? What are the sort of reoccurring themes that make your power, uh, power play successful, Manny? Well, you know, uh, obviously I've got some really great high-end quality guys, uh, Bob, uh, and these kids are, and more importantly, they're very easy to coach, and they're, and they're you know, they're just like sponges. They're trying to absorb as much as they possibly can to make them better in that, but uh, we do have a few things that we like to, you know, move. Uh, I like a lot of movement. We like a lot of movement on our power play where we're not standing still. I find if a power play is, uh, if we get static and standing still along the flanks, or uh, then we're so easy to defend here. So we 
allergies have certain uh, certain things that trigger things through movement, and it's been, it's worked for our group. Um, it's worked the last couple seasons here, and and our power plays, uh, you know, knock on one has been very uh, uh, very good for us in the playoffs, and has helped us win a, a couple of series here. So, um, but again, I've got I got some kids that are you know whatever ideas or something new that we have, they're all in, and uh, they're, they're willing to try. And if it doesn't work, we'll tweak it again. And uh, but you know, the credit has to go to the kids. In other words, you weren't willing to give up the Cadbury secret over the air. <laughs> hey, good luck. Bob. <laughs> Thank good, you. Good luck, Manny. Take care. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's Manny uh, Viveros. Uh, he is the head coach of the Swift Current Broncos. It's 144 in Edmonton. Uh, I will, uh, you know, you can have some high-end kids. I mean, the Oilers had McDavid and Drysaddle. They were fifth a year ago on the power play. They finished 31st this year. It's unbelievable when you think about it. Jay Woodcroft uh, coaching the team down in Bakersfield. Going to be excited to see what type of team uh, gets put together down there. I know I put a tweet out on the weekend saying, would not surprise me if the Oilers signed a a high-end offensive centerman. They got Brad Malone, kind of a second-slash, third-line center. Who knows? Malone might end up being a number 14 forward on the Oilers this year. Uh, I will also mention to you, some people have made a, a bit of a to-do about the fact that Johanna Vitu likely headed back to Europe, uh, possibly to the Finnish League. Uh, Pac Renan looks like he's headed to the KHL. Reports of Slepyshev's rights being traded uh, to, uh, you know, I believe it's CKSA in, in uh, Moscow. My expectation would be the orders would qualify Slepyshev to retain his rights. Uh, Ovitu is an unrestricted free agent. Well, I guess we'll see on Pac Renan who's a restricted free agent. I don't know if there'd be a need to, at this stage, Ilro's a good guy, but... There's a lot of guys like him out there. Now, Slepyshev, I think you'd want to protect his rights and retain his rights a bit. 145 at Edmonton. We'll take a timeout. We'll get to a host of texts and uh, those sort of things when we return in orders now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. It's 149 in Edmonton. Portions of Oilers Now brought to you by World Floor Coverage. Tell them Oilers Now sent you and receive two times the air miles, reward miles on your flooring purchases at World Floor Coverings. World Floor Coverings, where they know a lot about hockey and a lot about flooring. And the best pizza in the city, still making a great Royal Pizza, multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza. Royal Pizza is Edmonton-owned and operated for 48-plus years in this city. Guys at gals at Royal Pizza, proud Albertans. The staffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. There you have it. You're right. <laughs> oh well, well that's uh, there. You go. That happens once in a while. Uh, should we tell everybody why? Did you say I'm right on the air? Did that go over the air just to no, me? No, I Did, went over your my, your okay. uh, talk back. To this day in Oilers history, brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company. They've got a great Oilers now road trip package to Germany and Sweden this fall. 
call now to book at New West Travel. Space is limited. Can you give me a new one since that one is... What what do we got? What happened? Well, no, it's, I mean, it's accurate as far as the score goes. Kelly Buckberger did score two goals on this date in 1997, game three against the Colorado Avalanche. I just said the Oilers lost in six games, and in fact, this is the only game they won. Right, right. So the Oilers lost in five. Dave, that's okay. Uh, I I just wanted to catch it. Do you know why I knew that they lost in five that year? Because they lost in five in back-to-back years, right? Remember 98? They beat Colorado, then they lost to Dallas in five? Yes, that's right. And I I was, this is, this is, do you know Dan Russell? Yeah. So in, I was here for the playoff series in April of 97 and April of 98, but I was working up north, as you know, at that time, because you were only in like year two or three at Chet at that point. Yeah, that was 97 would have been my... In my third year, third I think. year, because yeah. I remember you used to meet me over at Mo's Sports Parlor with uh, John Sexsmith back in the yep. day, right? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, I was working up north. I remember where I was. Watched that game. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's the only game they won in that series. <laughs> that is the only game. They won. I, I won't tell you which establishment in Prince George I was watching that game in, but uh, okay. Sergeant O'Flaherty's. <laughs> <laughs> in the Coast Terrace Hotel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. You know how we talked about the fact that, you know, sometimes if you do something that really cheeses a guy off, you got to pay for it? Like if you're Brad Marchand and you're licking a guy across the face, you might get busted in the face. Yeah, don't well, do that. We had a couple guys that were cheering a little bit too loudly for the Oilers that night because they all hated Edmonton out in Vancouver, right? Uh, out, in, yeah. out, in, out in British Columbia and the Oilers... Uh, I remember '94 being in Prince George and cheering for the Oilers, and the whole bar was cheering. And, and hey, they were cheering for the Canucks. I get it, right? They actually drove around the streets of Prince George in 1994 when we were up there, ah. and we were like, "Can you believe this? Like their team just lost, and they're <laughs> driving around the streets." And we're not even in Vancouver; we're in Prince George. But let's just say that people have perceptions about Northern Albertans. Northeastern folks from BC, they are a tough loss. They uh, lot, they can knock the snot out of you for fun. And uh, there was a lot of nights at about twelve thirty, one o'clock in the morning. It was like not that guy, that guy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Well, uh, my father-in-law is from that area, so uh, and he would tell you. Yeah, he knows. Uh, he knows. Do you know the infamous story of the Spinner Spencer? No. Uh, Roy Spencer was uh, Brian Spencer's father. And uh, Spinner was playing in, it would have been the first year the Vancouver Canucks were in the NHL, and Spinner had been called up from the Maple Leafs and was a star in the game and uh, found out after the game that his father, Roy, had held the CBC in uh, Prince George up and the RCMB had gunned him down. Mm-hmm. And he came from, he worked in places like Fort St. James and all those tough, he was a trapper. And Spinner Spencer ended up, by, many of you would know this, there was a book written about him called Gross Misconduct, which might be appropriate for Brad Marchand. I'll segue to that in a second. Um, but Spinner Spencer later himself was shot to death in Florida in a, in a robbery or in a, some, it was a, a sad state of affairs. But uh, Spinner Spencer was, was from that region and was a, absolutely 25 years ahead of his time in, ter- in terms of how he was built. Like he was just chiseled out of granite and way in better shape because of the type of lifestyle that he had than other guys at that time. And uh, it was, it was, he had a very sad demise. It was a, quite the story. 
So, anyhow, uh, this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Again, a great Oilers now road trip to Sweden and Germany. Uh, you see the Oilers play in Europe. Call now to book. Uh, space really is limited. Uh, visit New West Travel or go to newwesttravel.com. Completely lost track of where we were going there. Where's what? Uh, your dad's from which? T- is he from Prince George? Or well, f- no, he's from, uh, actually, he's from Fort St. John. Oh, he's from Fort St. John. Yeah, yeah I, that's I right. planted there, too, in yeah. 87. Yeah. And uh, Chetwin's a tough town. That is... <laughs> Clearwater yeah. is and can be a nasty place. Let's just say it helped having short hair, because some of the guys that had longer hair in our crews got worked over once oh, in a okay. while. So, and myself and a fellow by the name of Dan Baker who runs Pub 1905, we were somewhat indiscriminate as to when we decided to get involved in things and when we didn't. And I'm just happy that I'm still here today to to be hosting a show called Orders. Now I consider myself very lucky because there were some times where you shoot your mouth off and sometimes. You know, win some and lose some. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it was it was a tough town, <laughs> tough area. Uh, you can text us at 6.30, 6.30. Uh, no hints on my trade debate for Drysaddle to Carolina for three or four pieces, eh? Can you give me something uh, saying you read my text at least? Well, we get roughly on a good day about 600 texts per show. So I've just seen that text out of Grand Prairie. Worked there in 87 and 88, by the way. Um I, I would say that would be unlikely. Leon Dry settled to Carolina for three or four pieces. I get where you're coming from. Kind of makes sense. Uh, makes a little bit of sense, but, you know, from a, maybe a Carolina perspective, what's the old uh, rule? He who gets the best player wins the trade, right? If mm-hmm. you gave up Dry Settle for four pieces, I would argue uh, you would be losing the deal because Dry Settle's the best uh, piece. Here we go. Uh, Spencer's dad took a gun to the TV station trying to get them to change the feed to see Brian play. They had a different game on. I worked with a newsman on duty there. Oh, there we go. I believe that's from uh, our old friend. Marty Forbes. So thank you, Marty, for that. Yeah, it was. That's what happened. His dad got executed by the RCMP. Well, right outside because he held the, tried to get the game switched off the Canucks Jeez. game to watch his son play, and then after the game, they told him that his dad had been shot. Wow, so, unreal. Yeah, the terrific book written about it, by the way. Uh, more text. This text coming in, Bob. Losers always complain about the refs. Uh, their team just wasn't good enough to score uh, when the calls did go their way. Both teams had non-calls and crappy calls. Suck it up, except the losing team laws for a reason. You didn't lose four games in a row because of refs. The Lightning were simply better, referring to the uh, Boston-Tampa series. Well, I said point blank. I believe that Tampa was better. In a seven-game series, a call at a wrong time that goes a full seven games, that can bite you. And for every fan out there that says, get over it from last year, there's still a lot of fans very disappointed. And and I'm telling you right now, if we'd seen the same officiating between Edmonton and Anaheim that we saw between Anaheim and San Jose, the Oilers get out of round two last year. I'm convinced of that. If they had refed um, with Getzlaff and with um, Kessler the same way against the Oilers as they did against the Sharks, the Oilers get out of that series. That series might not even go. Seven games. Might have been over in six. Might have been might have been over in five. Think about it. All right. Coming up tonight, kicker of a show. If you're an Eskimos fan, Morley Scott and Dave Campbell host a special Edmonton Eskimos preview show. The guests will include general manager Brock Sunderland, head coach Jason Moss, quarterback Mike Riley, one of the best uh, number two analysts in the business. Made me sound good on those Golden Bears games back in the day. Blake Dermott. Justin Sorensen from the O-line. Oh, you got to run on the O-lineman or what? Sorensen and O'Donnell yeah, from the O-line? Right. That's you, right. You guys bringing pizza down or something for those no. boys? We'll think about it, yeah. 
David, it'll be a good show. I'll be listening tonight while I'm watching a little bit of hockey, okay? Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow. John Shannon will be one of our guests. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chet. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.